Welcome to Agriculture in North Carolina. I'm Dan Miller. On today's program, my favorite fruit, blueberries. Here's a couple of fascinating facts. Farmers in 26 states produce blueberries. However, 98% of all the blueberry production takes place in just 10 states. And North Carolina is one of those 10. Within our state, 90% or 10,000 acres of the state's commercial crop is harvested in just four counties. Nearly 6,000 of those acres are in Bladen. Neighboring Pender has 2,100 acres, followed by Sampson and Duplin with just under 1,000 each. Our conversation today heads to Bladen County's Legacy Blueberry Farm, where we get up with Sam Rose, owner-operator. That's after we check this week's Ag Headlines with co-host Jeff Turner. Jeff is the COO of Murphy Family Ventures and decades-long member of the North Carolina Board of Agriculture. All that's in a moment, but first, giving credit where credit is due, North Carolina Agriculture is sponsored by Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, Syngenta Global, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, got to be NC. So how goes things, Mr. Turner? Dan, I got to tell you, it's uh, another day in paradise where, where I am. out in Wallace, North Carolina, in the original D.C., Duplin County, is all good. Yeah, we've had some lovely weather as of the last few weeks. I, as a matter of fact, uh, last week, Henry spent the week at Big Rock. Did you get a chance to at least check the leaderboard? You know, I've made one pass in front of Big Rock Landing on the boat, and that's all that I've had an opportunity to do. It's a really large occasion for the good folks at Moorhead and 270-some-odd boats. It gets bigger every year. We think it can't, but it gets bigger every year. Yeah, it does. Grocery prices up a little bit. Consumer price index up a one-tenth of one percent in May. Prices, uh, mostly produce prices up, although have you looked at egg prices? Fell by 14%. At my grocery store, they fell by a whole lot more than that. Thank goodness we're finally getting uh, the logistics worked out. Uh, you know, a lot of things came into play with regard to eggs, not only avian influenza, but just the fact that the logistics portion, you can't put many eggs in a, in a, in a large tractor trailer. So just think shipping a ton of eggs versus shipping a ton of fertilizers, two different things. So you're saying I shouldn't put all my eggs in one basket. Absolutely. I know that. It just had to go there. <laughs> Federal Reserve pausing heights and in interest rates. Last week we heard the Fed will kind of hang where we are after 10 consecutive rate hikes. It's a whole lot different than where it was back March 22 when the Fed began Moving rates up. Conventional 30-year mortgage back then was 3.2%, now 6.8%. Payment on a typical $300,000 house now costs 50% more. Money is expensive to get right now. Yeah, regardless of what anybody says, this this interest rate thing is really slowing, not only on the wholesale level, but you know people going out and buying homes or buying a new vehicle, making those major purchases, it uh, it really changes the whole dynamic of, of what it's going to cost you. Oh, yeah. You're in the boat business. The RV business has fallen off a bit. I mean, it may have not slowed people early on, but I think it's starting to. I, I know we can we can see the impact in the boat business and the car business as well. Whenever it was a while, you could borrow money to for an automobile for 1% or 2%. Today is 7%. A good rate is 7%. And that's, that's pretty tough. And then, you know, vehicles have gotten so expensive, Dan. My home farm that I live on, the first track of land that we bought is less, and it's a pretty good piece of land. It's, it's less than a, than a new expedition or, or suburban today. So 
it won't be long before you buy a full tricked out King Ranch pickup truck and you're going to set yourself in the six figure territory. Uh, it's already here. Don't burst my bubble. I am blissfully ignorant. It's already here. Jeez. Yeah, we talked to Commissioner Troxler the last time we talked to him, actually the past couple of times we talked to him, and he uh, bemoaned the fact that filling positions at the North Carolina Department of Agriculture, difficult, got a lot of positions open, and a major change at the top, Assistant Commissioner of Agriculture Sandy Stewart would, uh, I thought he was going to be there for a long, long time. <laughs> Turns out he accepted a position as president of Sand Hills Community College, and we wish him all the best, super great guy. And uh, taking over his position, Commissioner Up, Dr. Joe French of Reedsville, North Carolina. Do you know him? Uh, we haven't had an opportunity to, to speak yet, but I, I look forward to it. And, and, and he does have some sizable shoes to fill, and I, I know he'll do a great job. But but we will miss Sandy. I wish him well, and he's he's in a good spot. He, that's a great community college, and he'll do a great job there. I, I hate to see him leave the department, but I can tell you what, they gained a great guy. Good news out of the West Coast, Pacific Maritime Association and the International Longshoremen Warehouse Union have announced finally a tentative deal last week, a six-year new pack for the West Coast Port Labor Contract. And it been a big deal because some of their value-added activities are shipping off pork and beef refrigerated that leaves the West Coast to Asian markets, and uh, things had slowed down. This has been going on, this negotiation forever, but was getting to the point where they were going to likely strike. Yeah, it, had that happened, we would have really been in a fix. I got to tell you, it's bad enough whenever there's a slowdown, and, but they were starting to back ships up off the port again, and, and that just really puts a big kink in the, in the whole supply chain piece, especially when we're so dependent on those, those imports. And that's the case today, I, I know, you know, a lot of businesses are trying to relocate and inshore rather than offshore again, and the sooner the better. Amen. Building anything from the ground up and breaking new ground is a very slow process, especially with all the environmental you got to go through just to get the construction process to get dirt moved. And then if you get it built, you got to have people. You know, you look at the employment situation everywhere, and I guess we started, what, six or seven years ago, 10,000 people a day become eligible for retirement. It's been over that, I guess, probably 10 years and a lot of folks didn't retire, and then when COVID hit, they got sent home, and they just decided not to come back, and and that's really really crippled our labor markets, and and you know participation is down, but it's down because people decided they're going to take their retirement and go on home. And you know, just replacing those folks is a job, as you just mentioned, but the institutional knowledge that walks out the door with somebody who's been doing it that long is uh, that you can't recover that. That's probably one of the most underappreciated pieces of all of the, that of the puzzle. Again, I look around the room of our management. You see a lot of white hair. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that we've got those those guys and gals and they've, they, they're staying with us. But the ability to be able to to keep that historical perspective when they walk out the door is really tough. It's not known commonly that memory cells, when they full, displace hair follicle color. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. I'm, I'm going to go dye my hair and see if it helps. Farm tech rapidly growing, no pun intended. I'm interested in getting your thoughts, good or bad, on this. Hydros- Hydrosat is a geospatial technology company that uses satellite-based thermal imaging and machine learning and analytics to forecast yields across the world. A year ago, the company announced the acquisition of EarWatch, which is a Netherlands-based 
irrigation software company. But in 2022, this was their pilot year, they compared what they forecast against the USDA's final corn and soybean projections within 1%. Their team is working of a goal, of course, to, to increase on this imagery and help hopefully increase yields, reduce water and electricity costs. They're working to provide scalable, low-cost sets of solutions, says their founder. Everything we do is based on satellite infrared images, which are indicating crop stress, water stress in particular. While the project can be used for yield production, but it also can be used in season as a uh, uh, as a way to be able to make decisions. At this particular point, though, what you do is you subscribe by acre for the entire season. While I think it's fabulous, and we're going to see a lot more uh, AI, we're going to see a lot more technology available to farmers. We already have a ton, going to be more. But much of the software subscription-based, it's fine, but you wonder... Your crop data stored in the cloud, you have no idea who they're sharing it with. And, yes, they probably told you at the moment that you signed up. But, you know, when we install software, we just click yes and we get it installed. You know, who reads the 40 pages of disclaimers? But it's a little unnerving. Information is uh, is a great and wonderful thing if it's used properly and in the, in, in the right hands. Uh, the, the technology that you've referred to, it's it's been there for a while. There's so much information that's available. Used to you you would ask, uh, I'm, and I'm one of those folks. W- would you be interested in buying the piece of land? And the answer is always, well, I want all the land that adjoins me. The, with the technology that's out there today, you can look. You go can go back in time. And if I'm going to spend, if I'm going to spend a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars on a track of land, and it's for the purposes of farming a particular crop or a particular rotation. Uh, you can go back in time and look and understand how much can I pay for this track of land based on historical productivity. And if I'm going to make that investment, rather than trying to get the track the one nearest to me, you, you get the best land. So this is a little bit different direction. I'm concerned about who's got the information and how it's going to be used. But having the information is a, is a great opportunity to make a better business first. Whenever you subscribe to a company and then you decide that their thing is not the greatest thing and you ditch it, getting all your data back is almost like having a nude picture on the Internet. It just doesn't – it never disappears. It, it don't go away. No. The, the thumbprint or the fingerprint's there and you can't get rid of it. We'll take a two-minute pause and then more agriculture in North Carolina in just a moment. Thanks in part to Syngenta, a leading agricultural company helping to improve global food security by enabling farmers to make better use of available resources. The future lies in precision agriculture. Create your plan with help from Syngenta. This is Agriculture in North Carolina. Find us online at AgNNC and follow the podcast, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Dan Miller along with Jeff Turner. And the program sponsored in part by the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC, North Carolina's official business development and marketing program for agriculture. More than agriculture, it's got to be NC. I love me some blueberries, locally produced blueberries. Yes, you can go pick them at the farm. You can get them at a roadside stand. And you can get them in the supermarket. And they're still local blueberries. On the program with us is Legacy Blueberry Farm owner-operator Samuel Rose. Interesting conversation ahead, I'm sure, but for background, where were you born and how did you get into blueberries? Well, I grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and um, 
ended up being a tooling die maker and had been doing that for quite a while. And then my father and I and four other people decided to buy some land down in Bladen County and had a blueberry farm adjoining us. And we decided to buy the blueberry farm and see if it would help pay for some of the other land we had. And the first three or four years, we tried hiring different managers and just didn't work out. So uh, I was at a point at my job that I could leave it, and so I took it over. We bought the farm in 1985, and I took it over in 1987. Basically bought out all my partners except for my father fairly shortly after becoming manager. And then my father died in 2007, and... So it's all been mine since then and uh, done everything myself, basically. Tool and die maker. People had to say, whoa, you left tool and die, man. That's a pretty good profession. Yeah, it was, and I enjoyed it, and I still really enjoy the machinery-type work. I have a shop here on my farm that I do a lot of uh, equipment repairs and whatnot. You know, the farming does have its advantages and disadvantages. I do get a little bit more free time being a farmer, but it's also a lot more stress. Your particular situation is you're not direct consumer, and agritourism is not part of the piece that you play with. So, I strictly wholesale through a marketing organization, and it's called Summerfield. A good friend of mine started the organization and started selling my fruit and has done a good job. We both hand harvest and machine harvest fruit here on the farm, and we have our own packing facility. We um, pick probably average of forty to 75,000 pounds a day of fruit. goes through my facility where we cool it and then package it and then put it into a 34-degree cooler and hold it until we have orders that we fill and you know, load directly onto a tractor-trailer truck to go to you know any of the larger grocery-type stores like Walmart and Harris Teeter and most of the big grocery organizations. If I pull up my Harris Teeter package of blueberries, how do I know it came from you? It would say Summerfield on the label, and that's spelled S-O-M-E-R-F-I-E-L-D. I've spent a little time with Sam, and I was amazed. What's the average yield in a good year, Sam? I think the state average is 4,000 pounds to the acre, maybe. Um, it's higher than it used to be when I first started the, in blueberry farming, the state average was probably 1,500 to 3,000. Uh, we've changed a lot in varieties and also the way we plant them and, and manage them. So our yields have gone up considerably. Now I average between 8,000 and 25,000 pounds per acre, depending on the variety and the age of the fields. What has changed to help with that yield? Is it row orientation, plastic culture, uh, grow spacing? What are the big changes that you've seen since the 80s? All of those things. When I first started, the row spacing was 8 foot by 5 foot between the bushes, 8 foot row spacing with 5 feet between the bushes. And I switched to 10 foot 
by three foot, and a lot of other growers use nine by three. I've actually reduced my plant spacing down to between 26 and 30 inches uh, between the bushes, and that's increased my plants per acre. Originally, there was less than a thousand per acre when I first bought the farm, and now I'm at uh, anywhere from 1570 to 2035 per acre. Wow, nearly double. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, it, it, there's always a lot of research that goes on in the university system, but kind of hard to beat that on the ground sort of thing that you see and do every day. And you've done some of your own work to, to increase your yields and get more productivity. Yes, I have. And then varieties change yearly. I mean, there's constantly coming up with new varieties. You know, the prettier and tastier it is, of course, the easier it is to sell. And there's been a lot of flops, berries that they thought were going to be the next best thing. And after we got them planted five years later, we found out that that was just not a good variety. And I've basically replanted this farm three times since I bought it. I'm kind of limited at my total land that I have. And we've already got solid set irrigation on all my fields. And, you know, I need to utilize every inch of ground I've got. So if I'm taking out an older field that's an older variety that, or just an older bush that's losing its productivity, then when I replace them, I'm putting more plants per acre so that Five years down the road, if I see that that variety is not doing what I expected it to, then when I go to replace it, I'm not taking out as much acreage. So I'm keeping more acreage in production. As farmers look back in the rearview mirror and they say, well, I did that this year, but I'm going to change that next year. And when you put something in, you're making a mistake that can last multiple years. And, I, you know, it takes about five years to get a blueberry bush into good production. I mean, you will get some fruit on the second year, enough to go out there and pick a little bit off, but not to where you're really getting a huge income back off of them. So we usually figure a blueberry bush's peak production is from like seven to 12 years maybe. Eggs and apples size is better. Is that the case in the blueberry industry? I got to tell you, some of the most flavorful blueberries, my favorite, are smaller blueberries. That's correct, and you know everybody wants a great big pretty blueberry, but most of the time those very large berries don't have a lot of flavor. Kind of like strawberries, you know, the, you get strawberries that are the size of a golf ball, and they don't have much flavor. A lot of the buyers want the big pretty fruit. Flavor, in my opinion, makes more difference than size, and I want to sell a product that tastes good That where when somebody goes to the supermarket and buys it, they want to buy it again. I don't want to sell them something that, you know, just tastes like a bag of water. So we try to, to plant varieties that have good flavor. We still want them nice size and good appearance, but... I would prefer to have flavor over size. Even in the grape business, it appears that, you know, on a drier year, you get a more flavorful grape than you do when you've had a lot of water on it. Exactly. 
do you have to test the before you turn the sprinkler on? Do you go in and actually test soil soil moisture and that sort of thing, or do you just kind of hold your thumb up and say, "Well, we better we need to put some water on today." Yeah, I don't have the technology out there that's telling me I need to irrigate, but I've been doing this long enough that I know that I need water. We like about an inch of water a week per acre. We don't always get that, and when we're harvesting, we only want it to rain on Saturday night, of course. (laughs) And... um, That doesn't always happen, and this year I've lost about 10 days of harvest because of rain, and and we haven't had an undue amount of rain this year. I've seen seasons where it seemed to rain every day. We try not to irrigate while we're harvesting. We don't want to put any more water on the bushes or on the fruit than we absolutely have to. A lot of late-season producers who bring a crop in in the fall are envious because you're usually ahead of when prime hurricane season is. But that doesn't mean that Mother Nature is not your enemy. Well, you know, hurricanes do us a tremendous amount of damage because knock the bushes over, they waller them out where you've got a hole around the bush and then you get diseases. You know, I've had a lot of damage done by hurricanes and i'm not like a small grain farmer that can go back and replant if something happens if something happens it may take me five to ten years to get back to the same point in production you know hurricanes really do scare me i can control the amount of water i'm putting on but i can't control how much water is coming from the sky so Blueberries like moist soil, but they don't like wet feet. Beyond variety, what, what do you see coming in the near future that might change the blueberry industry or might change marketing? It seems that obviously everybody knows that blueberries are great antioxidant. And so what, do you see anything that any major changes on the forefront? Well, the biggest one is labor, of course. Labor's always an issue. We still do a lot of hand harvest because that's where we get our highest quality fruit. The industry's trying to change more to mechanical harvesting, just like most other industries that rely on labor. Labor is becoming harder to come by, so we have to do more mechanically. So there's a lot of new varieties being developed to hopefully be more suitable for mechanical harvest. And then in the packing facilities, we are going to more computerized sorting equipment to do a better job of taking out any defective fruit. We used to use a lot of hand labor in the packing facility to pick out you know, bad berries. And now we have, I've got nine optical sorters and mechanical sorters in my packing lines, those are the big issues is labor and then just trying to get good varieties that can handle more mechanical harvest. I imagine those optical sorters are much cheaper when you buy them by the dozen, and I'm joking because they have to cost a fortune. And I do not buy sorters anymore. I did in the past and thinking I was going to save money. But because computer technology changes so much, I literally, two sorters that cost $185,000, and two years later I pushed them in the corner of the building 
and sold them for scrap. Wow. That's mm. technology. That hurts. Yep, sure does. So now I lease all of my sorting equipment. The lease is not cheap. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Sam Rose has been our guest on Agriculture in North Carolina, Legacy Blueberry Farms, Summerfield in the grocery store. been a pleasure to talk with you today. Well, I appreciate that and uh, enjoy talking with both of y'all. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate your time today. It's good to talk to you always. Coming up in just a moment, I'll check commodity prices week over week. That's next on Ag and NC. Bill Carone Cars in Wallace is the only Chevy GMC dealer in eastern North Carolina to be an AgPAC dealer, which means any farmer who buys a vehicle at Bill Carone is eligible for more than $30,000 in savings on products you probably already use, everything from tires to crop products. Check out the advantages of the AgPAC program at Bill Carone Cars in Wallace. I'm Dan Miller, and this is Agriculture in North Carolina. Checking commodities prices. The firming cash market action seemed to boost cattle futures higher on Friday with expiring June live cattle contracts at 178.35. August feeder futures settled at 234.92.5 for a weekly drop of $4.07 and a half. The nearby July hog contract ended Friday having risen 92.5 cents to $92.85, while August futures closed at $90.67 and a half cents. That represented a weekly advance of $6.72 and a half cents. Seasonal factors point to sustained hog and pork strength next week, with packers likely trying to boost their weekly slaughter total as much as possible to fill the grocery store shelves for Independence Day. North Carolina weighted average egg price quoted for Thursday, June the 15th, for small lot sales of delivered carton grade A eggs was up to 138.55 for extra large, steady at 125.67 for large, up to 114.82 for medium, and steady at $84 for small eggs. Number two yellow shell corn was steady to 68 cents higher when compared to the prior week. Prices range mostly 644 to 713 at the feed mills and 698 to 708 at the elevators through Thursday, June the 15th. Number one yellow soybeans were 15 to 89 cents higher, range 1457 to 1518 at the processors, mostly 1374 to 1462 at the elevators. Number two red winter wheat was two to 33 cents higher, range 620 to 664 at the elevators. Soybean meal FOB at processing plants ranged 439.70 to 447.50 per ton for 46.5 to 48% protein. New crop prices quoted for harvest delivery corn ranged 551 to 660, soybeans were 1164 to 1287, and wheat ranged 560 to 704. That's this week's Agriculture in North Carolina. If you miss the show, subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Find links to our sponsors at aginnc.com. Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, Syngenta Global, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Agriculture in North Carolina, copyright 2023, Interbanks Media. For Jeff Turner and myself, Dan Miller, have a great week. <laughs>